Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. It's time for the body of Christ to rise up from the ashes. An army of dry bones starting to rise. I'm glad all of you are here today. Lots of people are on vacation around the world, around the United States, not around the world, but around the United States. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. There's so many people, it can be kind of demoralizing at times. You go through Facebook and you're like, hey, they're not here. Hey, they're not here. Oh, I just spotted my cousin. Come on up. Bring your husband with you. Come on. It's okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bring your husband with you. Come here. I was looking for you. Hey, Aaron, how do you turn this thing on? Come on up, guys. Come on up here. Thank you, Dave. Do you know how to turn it on either? Oh, it's already on. All right, I want to introduce these people to you now. We discovered her, her maiden name is Lipley. There aren't many of us around now. There aren't many of us. Here, introduce yourself first, and I'll tell the story. Good. Um, Mark Hartman. And it's- I'm Krista Lipley. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so. They somehow, did you guys discover like the podcast or Rodney Howard Brown or what was it? Through the Tampa. Um, the, oh, the conference. The conference. So I was speaking up there and she saw. I saw your name. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just saw his name as one of the guest speakers and I was like, Lively? <laughs> how can that be? Lively, how could that be? <laughs> so then I just reached out to Heather. Which yeah. I, I'm not sure who Heather is. Heather is the guardian of all of my life. <laughs> Okay, so I just reached out to Heather uh, through the church, um, just email, and she said, well, yeah, he's from Ohio, too, just like you. And so I said, I think he might be my cousin. I'm not sure. Um, so I found out uh, through some research uh, that our, our great-great-grandpas were um, brothers. They were brothers uh, just one year apart in age. So I'm positive they probably grew up very close. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you. Look how good-looking all the Lipleys are. You notice how good-looking we are? Look at her. Look how beautiful. Look how beautiful we are. There's a whole mess of Lipleys up in Lima, Ohio, and Ohio is full of Lipleys. I think it's the only place on planet Earth because I've only seen like one other Lipley outside of my family ever. So it was great to meet them. You know, God is good, and it's great to find. And they and guess where they live? They live in Jacksonville, which is where my mother and her other third cousin, my sister, Aaron Lipley, lives. Aaron Lipley Smith now. So God is good. God strones together. God, see, it's the Bible now. You're like, Tom, you never get off the Bible. Correct, ever. Amen. Psalm 68, 6, God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound in chains. But the, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. That's why God sets the righteous in families. Amen. Amen. All right, let's start launching to this this morning. Beware of the backslide part two. Remember I told you last week I wasn't sure if it was going to be one, a one-time message or it was going to be a series. Well, it's uh, forming into a series. One of the biggest problems is in the church today is the failure to recognize to give any heed to the title of this message series, which is to beware of the backslide, of falling away. Most Christians these days, and I don't think it was that way when I first got saved in 1987, but these days, most Christians believe that once you are saved, you are always saved. It's called Calvinism. It's not in the Bible. I I would challenge anybody in here to find that verbiage in the Bible, once saved, always saved, or eternal security. I want you to, I challenge you to find it. I'm not saying that I'm the biggest Bible scholar in the world, but I do have a pretty good knowledge of it, and I can tell you that it's not in there. You study it out for yourself. You decide. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2.12, but I challenge you to find it. You won't. Because here's the thing. Most Christians don't believe there is such a thing as falling away. They don't believe that you can lose your salvation unto going to hell or unto damnation. They don't believe that. It's funny, though, because you have verses in the Bible, like 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And then people will, it's almost like presenting people COVID facts. 
You tell people from the age of zero to 50, you, you are more likely. If you're zero to 50 years of age and you catch the flu and you catch COVID, you are far more likely to die of the flu than you are COVID. It's not even close. The survival rate for somebody zero to 20 is 99.997% from COVID, post-infection. From 20 to 50, it's 99.98, both of which are better than the flu. You present that to people, they go, no, I choose not to believe it. I don't believe, you can, I don't believe that you can fall away. But the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. How do you depart from that which you never had? Well, I just choose not to believe that. That's not what my, my Sunday school teacher told me. Why don't you believe the word of God instead of weak-kneed, COVID-caving pastors? Believe the word of God instead. Stand in the word of God, no matter what. If it inconveniences you, stand in the word of God anyway. Can a Christian lose their salvation? Can somebody once saved walk away to the extent that they go straight to hell? Can that happen? Let's look. Don't believe me, believe the word of God. Hebrews chapter six, verses four through six. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, strike one, who have tasted the heavenly gift, strike two, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, strike three, four, five, and 20. These people are saved, enlightened, sharing in the heavenly gift, sharing in the Holy Spirit, these people are saved who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away. The word away, you know what that means in the Hebrew? Away. How about the Greek? Away. Who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to be renewed to repentance. It is impossible for those who have fallen away to a certain extent. Don't worry, I'm going to put your heart at ease in just a minute. To their, to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Tom, does this mean that I've sinned or that I have fallen away? Does that mean I can't come back? If you're even considering it, you're good. There's still hope. This is for people they don't care. These, this is people who have fallen away so far that they no longer care. People are like, well, I've re- I fell away, but I repented. This is not for you because you've been renewed to repentance. Amen. I've fallen away too. It's ha- I've done it. If you've been renewed to repentance, this verse is not for you. This is speaking of the unpardonable sin of where people fall away to the extent they no longer know. But you have to warn people about this. What kind of convoluted churches do we have that never preach this message? That never mention these verses? Don't warn people that you can fall away to an extent that you cannot be renewed? They deny that you can even fall away. What kind of convoluted churches are these? I didn't used to stay up here the whole time. Just so you know, there's people in this, that have come to this church for a while. And they will testify to you that I did not used to come up here and just run down churches all the time. I do now. (laughs) You know why? Because if you're not preaching this, are you preaching how how you're supposed to respond to a virus? If you're not preaching this, then what else aren't you preaching? The last 16 months of 14 days to flatten the curve showed us that the church in America is not preaching the Bible. And you may have heard that some of you come to both services, so I don't apologize for the redundancy, but it's redundant. I preach two different messages on the whole, but this part I want to say twice. I consider Pastor Rodney Howard Brown to be my personal pastor. He's the pastoral authority in my life. He says to do something on the whole, I'm going to do it. I don't follow any man to that to some degree that I'll do anything they say, but he's the pastoral authority in my life, and all of us should have that. So he's that. So he was telling me recently in one of our phone conversations that he calls pretty regularly and checks on me. How are you doing? You know, and sometimes brings some stern correction. Ouch. You don't think I live in it. You think I'm mean. There's nothing. There's, I, I have a tendency to put like a little cushion on it, especially in personal. Yeah, Pastor Roddy, not so much. So anyway, he was telling me about a congregation of pastors, a group of pastors that met 
And I believe she, he said West Palm Beach, Florida. Somebody help that lady back there if you can. She's good. There you go. Excellent. But he was talking about a meeting of pastors that occurred right here in the state of Florida. And I believe he said West Palm. And these are all people that you know. I don't know their names because he didn't tell me their names except for one, which I'm not going to tell you either. The huge names. I'm talking about you've read their books or you've heard of their books. You've seen them on TV. I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about people that are in Catholicism. I'm not talking about the Pope. I'm not talking about people that you don't know. I'm talking about evangelical leaders of mega churches and mega ministries meeting in West Palm Beach, of which Pastor Rodney wasn't invited. Why? Well, why were they meeting? Do you know why? To discuss how to get their churches vaccinated. Facts. That's the truth. Just so you know where you are. Leave, listen, leave the pre-COVID evangelical community behind you and look to win the lost. Because the evangelical community on the whole is a zombie apocalypse. See, I live in a complete, I'm either here with you or when I attend church, I go up to the river. That's right, and there's nothing. There never has been. It was weird. I live in a, in a twilight zone because nobody's ever in masks in my world. Nobody's vaccinated in my world. Everybody hates it in my world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pastor Rodney publicly calls out people who dare wear a mask in his church from the pulpit in front of 2,000 people, <laughs> imitating Darth Vader when he does it. Pull it up. <laughs> Again, you think I'm mean. We've had masked people in here. I don't hold anything back on them, but I don't go up to them and say, Pablo Inglés, we don't do masks here. I am your father. That's what he did. I sat there. I watched it. The lady was like 10 feet behind me. And I'm like this. Me. You, you know, me. I'm like. All the light please. And she stormed out of the church. You know how much he cared? I don't think his heart rate went up at all. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Get that diaper off your face. So can you fall away? So here's the thing. So nobody even talks about people being able to fall away to the place where they cannot be renewed to repentance. Can a Christian backslide? Look at it. It says the word falling away. And nobody preaches it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's not preached either. You skip one, you skip the other. A little leaven leavens the whole daggum lump. The only part of that that wasn't scripture was daggum. <laughs> Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If, if, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace and nobody teaches this nobody says a word about this at the ark church what's the series now what's it called fool's gold that's what's being preached now fool's gold naked and unafraid stand in stars stand in stars <laughs> how about you pray over your messages pastor instead of kiping them off the internet and some friends of mine, oh, it's the Tomasas all exposed them publicly, they're good. They found out that their pastor of their church was, re every single one of his, his messages was word for word from a mainline pastor, big name pastor, word for word, every joke, every nuance, every twist, every turn, what's that? You know what you need to do if you attend a church like that? Get out. You're better off forming your own Bible study and let just hold on. You know, and here's the thing, too, is make the drive. Make the drive. I'm telling you right now, I've told you this 50, 60 times. If I wasn't pastoring this church, it would be for me 75 minutes per Sunday driving straight up to the river where they never closed. 
I won't go to these COVID cavers. Pastor Rodney really has an index card with like four notes on it and preaches for three hours. I'm not kidding. All Bible, 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 and after that, more Bible. That's where I'm going. And then mixed in with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll drive. I don't, I don't make spiritual decisions based on geographic locations. Where should I go to church? Oh, the closest one to the house. No. Don't do it. Find the church that never closed. There's a thousand people that will watch this message. I'm telling all of you in Oregon, in Washington, in California, we have people watching right now in Great Britain. Form your own, and you're going to have to be arrested. You're going to have to be fined. You have to stand in the word of God no matter what. Stand in it. You have to make that commitment. Listen, I hope nobody gets arrested. I hope nobody gets fined. But you have to have that commitment. Or we will lose this church and we will lose this country. Nobody teaches on these things. Listen to 1 Timothy 5, 12, and 13. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. You know what condemnation means in the Hebrew and the Greek? Condemnation. I love how people try to make the word of God mysterious. It's not. It's not mysterious. Listen, I was a police officer for 25 years, basically my entire adult life. I started at 23, finished when I was 48, 25 years and a day. If I was a rocket scientist, I would have been a rocket scientist. I get the Bible. Why doesn't everybody? It's not mysterious. It's not hard to understand. Condemnation means condemnation. Salvation means salvation. Healing means healing. Yet your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. It says what it says. Why would you run from it? Because it's not convenient to stand in it. I mean, you know, if I, if I believe people can lose their salvation, then my son is not saved. I'm not going to believe it then. Why would you not instead choose to believe the Bible knowing that you have a chance to win him back? Instead of believing John Calvin and Charles Stanley and sending him straight to hell. Well, they got saved at a VBS when they were seven years old. Now my son's a, just a flamboyant homosexual living with guy number 10 with their cats. his partner Tom you shouldn't make fun of people listen I'm beyond I'm already gone I'm gone it's over for me I'll never be accepted there's only one person that's ever asked me to preach at their church and that's Pastor Rodney that's it they wouldn't dare If I come to your church, half will be gone. Half your church will leave. And they should. It's like most churches that closed for COVID should have barred the doors and never reopened. You're not going to stand in the Bible? Then what on earth are you preaching when Jesus is the Bible? What kind of Jesus are you preaching? 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, here is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure We will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Uh, Verse 13 is the only part of that verse, that clump of verses that people ever preach. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. That's correct. God will never leave you, but you can leave God. And where do you get that from? Let's look. It says here, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. And ye shall be hated of all men. Why is it that every Christian is trying to be loved of all men? You are not here to be loved. You are here to love. That's it. And it's loving to tell people the truth. But when you do, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth unto the end will be saved. But I thought, I said, I said a sinner's prayer when I was seven. And Charles Stanley and John Calvin told me that I'm saved forever. If you endure until the end, you are. You can walk away. That's Jesus talking. That's not me. 
Matthew 24, 13, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. This is all out of a clump of scripture in Matthew chapter 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. The people who turned in Pastor Rodney Howard Brown to be arrested were other pastors. And will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Revelation 3.10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. If you keep his command to persevere, God will keep you from the worst of the tribulation. Not all of it, but the worst of the tribulation. Amen. That's the Bible. I don't care what Tim LaHaye says. I don't care what anybody says that sells their books on tribulation. Read the Bible. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes. He who overcomes. Not he who said a sinner's prayer one time. He who overcomes. Yes, let me make this clear to you. When you say the sinner's prayer, you are saved. You're saved by grace. All your sins are gone. But remember what it's all about is belief versus unbelief. In in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18, it talks about what does belief mean? Those who obey. Who will not enter his rest but those who did, not, who, who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Hebrews 13, 18. Obedience is belief. It's not works. Did everybody get that? Obedience is not works. It's belief. Amen. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, Revelation 21, 27. And your name can be written in it, and your name can be blotted out of it. I didn't say it. Jesus did. And entire denominations are built on being antithetical to Jesus. In Jesus' name. It's like you close your church in Jesus' name. We're trying to be a community partner, a good neighbor, and love our neighbor. Look at us. Look at us save lives. Everybody wants to be a firefighter. Look at us save lives, strapping our masks on and locking our churches down. We're saving lives. No, to obey is better than your sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You have to endure until the end. Yes, you're saved at the moment of salvation. It is up to you whether you hold on to that or not. The only way to walk away is not a sin, not even a night of sin or a week of sin, a lifestyle of sin. I warn you now as I've warned you before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Live like this. Spoken. Who's Paul writing that letter to? How does this not make sense to people? It absolutely boggles my mind. I, I gave this example in the first service. How is it that you're not closing your church for the Delta variant, but you closed it for allegedly a lesser version of COVID 16 months ago? How do you justify yourself? How do you not come out and say, you know what, I was wrong. I'm not closing for this one, but I closed for that one. Therefore, I'm a hypocrite. I repent. Get you on your Facebook Live, I repent. How do you not do it as a pastor? I'm, I'm open pastors are watching. How do you not do it? You're not closing for the Delta variant or the double mutant variant. That was real. The Argentine variant, the Brazil variant, the Spain variant, the China, the, Wong, the, the Kung flu, whatever it is, you closed. And now you're not closing for something that's supposed to be 50 times more transmissible. Explain to me how you don't come out and say, you know what, I am a hypocrite, I was wrong. You're not closing now? But they don't. 
And see, Jesus' style is repentance. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' style is repentance. It is not pretending like it never happened. That's why the spirit of God is gone in those churches. He's gone until they repent. You have to endure until the end. Enduring until the end means what? Let's not make it cloudy. Let's not make it mysterious. Let's not make it a mystery shrouded in mist. What does it mean to endure until the end? It means to keep his word. This is all that counts. This is our covenant. Jesus is the word. John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 14. 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. Jesus is the word. There's no delineation between the true Jesus and the word. Yes, there's a delineation between the ark version of Jesus the abundant church this and the coast church that and the life church. Those that have a, a name as if they're alive but they're really dead, just like the church at Pergamos. What did I walk into this morning? This Bible thumping, baby. This is Bible thumping. This is the way it's supposed to be. You see, I love you enough to tell you what's true. I don't want a backslider walking out of, me, out of, out of here thinking they're okay. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. First Peter chapter three, verse one, right? So I'm not gonna, you're not gonna be shouting up from hell to me in that worm-ridden hell, in the caverns of hell, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will not be yelling up to me and saying, Pastor Tom, you never told me. You will have known if you sat in this church. And I know that for a lot of you, backsliding has nothing to do with you right now. I know a lot of people in this room, and I know you're not backslidden, but you need to preach it. A lot of you have kids, and you are living in a delusion that your kids are saved when they are not. And you need to knock it off. Stop living in the delusion because you love somebody that they're saved. Because you will see at the great right throne judgment found in Revelation 20, 11 through 15, you will find out the hard way that they are not. Stop living in the delusion and preach the word instantly, in season when it's popular, out of season when it's not. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You have to do it. Well, Tom, if I do that, I'll lose friends. When did that become your God? Just join me. I've lost every friend I've ever had. I didn't lose them before I was pastoring. I started losing friends the moment I started pastoring. 36 years, I never lost a friend. From 36 to 52, rough ride. <laughs> rough ride. Uh oh, what's going on? Oh, am I dying up here? No. Stand by. <laughs> there we go. Back on. I'm the worst ever because I'm a man of habit. And I, for so many years, it was all the handheld mic. And so to this day, I never remember to do one thing with this thing. I nearly walked out of here again without it. First service. All right, let's be spiritual again. So how do we endure until the end? You keep the word. Luke chapter 8, verse, verse 15. Now let me give you some context. This is the parable of the sower. How many? It, it's just like this. If you look at Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you have the seven churches, five of which are not doing well. Smyrna and Philadelphia are the only ones who are doing well. Everybody else, God is warning them. Jesus himself is warning them that you'd better repent or I'm going to come and remove your lampstand. And I will come quickly. And he even threatens the sexually immoral that I'll put you into a sickbed and kill your kids. Where do you get that from? That's the real Christianity. This is the real deal. This is what people are going to be stunned at. That's why it's going to be. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you the work iniquity. 
They'll be shocked because their version of Christianity was founded in the ark church, was founded in being lukewarm, that spewed out of his mouth. How do you endure until the end as you keep the word? Parable of the sower goes along with the seven churches. Five out of the seven were bad. The seed is the word of God. Three out of the four scenarios where the seed lands is not good. You have the wayside where the devil steals it immediately. You have the thorns where it's choked out. You have the rocky ground where it doesn't root. And when the time of temptation comes, they fall away. And then you have this one. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. The one good scenario. Let that be you. I prophesied on you. I prophesied that upon you. Let it be you. Good soil. If this offends you being a Baptist, then let the word offend you. The word offends me. You think I line up with the Bible? In my, on my own? I've told you before, I wish temper tantrums weren't a sin. They are. I would love to erase that because I enjoy throwing a conniption. I wish I could, I wish I could not forgive and be forgiven. I like bearing grudges. It's natural for me. Some of you are sunshine people. You just love and forgive. I get it. Great. Good for you. I'm not that way. I want vengeance, baby. Now. (laughs) But I put that aside. The Bible's uncomfortable for me. It violates my carnality. And whenever the Bible says that I'm wrong, you know what I say? I'm wrong. Whenever the Bible says that I'm right, I say, I'm right. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's enduring until the end. And you have to do that. Enduring until the end means keeping the word. And what's amazing, again, is that nobody preaches this. How is this not a center focus? How is this not a central focus of churches? Enduring until the end with all those verses. And that's only a part of the verses I could read to you about endurance. And nobody preaches on it? They act as if you don't have to endure until the end? How is this not a huge theological deal? And listen, don't let the liars tell you different. Jude Jude 3 and 4. Jude's only one chapter, verses 3 and 4. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share... I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. What are you supposed to do? Cave to COVID or contend for the faith? Are you to cave or contend? And you're like, Tom, do you always have to talk about COVID? Yes, because it's, a, it, it's only the precursor. The next lockdown is coming in the name of climate change. It's coming. It's coming unless we turn the tide. With people like you, with people like Ron DeSantis, with people like Trump, we can turn the tide. It's all meaningless without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will come up behind people like Donald Trump, like Ron DeSantis. We will, as the true evangelical movement, turn the tide of this nation if we want to. Don't try to get the COVID knee benders back. Go to a whole nother generation because they're gone. They have too much to lose to repent. You mean if I repent, I have to acknowledge that I've been wasting my life for the last 16 months? Yep. Welcome to the club anyway. I've wasted most of my life. You're like, Tom, how could you say that? You got saved when I, I know I got saved when I was 18. I'm not, I wasn't, I was slumped over a bar stool. And I wasn't out chasing women, but I wasted my life and a lot of other things. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Doesn't mean I was even sinning. Those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. But those who live in accordance to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Too much 
It's not, a, we, we think it's all because it's interchangeable. Flesh and carnal are interchangeable. And we think carnal means sexual sin. It doesn't. It means of the five senses. And I've lived most of my life of the five senses. I admit that I've wasted years. I, I admit that I've wasted decades. You won't admit that you wasted 16 months? You corrupted your own kids by strapping that face diaper on their face? Teaching them to live in fear? The opposite of faith? And then you're expecting them to go to heaven? Good luck with that. I could felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. Once you're saved, it doesn't matter how you live. That's a license for immorality. They're perverts. We have lots of perversion that's non-sexual in our culture. Everybody focuses on that. They don't want to focus on their own perversion. You're a pervert if you close for covid You're a pervert if you wear a mask as a Christian. You're a perv. You're perverting the grace of God into a license of stupidity. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. Yeah, pastors congregating in West Palm Beach, as I told you, to discuss how to vaccinate their churches. You had 5,000 people, 5,000 people in the United States alone have died of the vaccine. 200 kids out of all, out of 100,000 vaccinations, 700 of them have medical problems, 200 of them are hospitalized. Per 100,000 kids, 17 or under. Everybody got that stat so far? Because I'm going to give you the second one. How many kids are hospitalized for COVID every week? One in 100,000. One in 100,000 get hospitalized for COVID. 700 of them have a problem from the vaccine. And here come the parents. I played this video last night on the podcast of a woman. I was about to say something really mean. I'll hold back for a minute. She said, you know what the problem is? Here's the thing. She's a typical looking woman. She hacked off all of her hair. And let me make this clear to all of you. Because my wife was going to get all over me as soon as she sees this. I'm not talking about those of you who nicely cut your hair short, okay? I'm talking about the hack jobs where you now look like a guy. You hack off all your hair for convenience. I don't want to spend all that time with it. Well, that's a great romantic marriage you got going on there. Boy, I can line up to marry you. I don't want to be bothered with that. Get the juice boxes out. Get the fruit roll-ups. Get in the minivan. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. All the husbands scared of their wives. So she cut off, she's a typical looking Americanized woman, cut off all of her hair, and then signs up her kids. They said with joy and anticipation for the vaccine trial. Her 12 year old daughter, who outside of Jesus may never be the same again, has all sorts of problems. What on earth were you doing? Every fact, just like I give you every Bible verse on falling away, says that you can fall away unto damnation. Every fact about COVID-19 and the vaccination said that kids are not significant vectors of COVID. They don't catch it. They don't give it away. They don't die of it. And they never have symptoms. And there is no such thing as asymptomatic spread. But yet you vaccinate them anyway. Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. John 8, 45. All the facts are right there. And you go and take the Fauci ouchie. I love all these conservative pundits. Well, I hate the lockdowns, and I hate the masks. We need to reopen this country. I just want to make it clear, though, that I did take the vaccine. How do you hate the liar and then abide in the lie? How do you see the lies of masks and lockdowns and then take the vaccine? It's all the same. Perverts never talk about endurance. It's too inconvenient. It won't fill the offering plates. We got to get to summer playlist and fool's gold. 
2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15 says this. For such are false prophets. These are the people who don't talk about backsliding. These are people who don't talk about endurance. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their own works. And you can take that right down the ladder from hellbound to lukewarm to Christians barely getting by. They call themselves ministers of righteousness. Look how righteous we are. We're trying to get our churches vaccinated. There's evangelical associations. If you troll through Facebook, there's a commercial out there, and I couldn't burn it, and Aaron wasn't close enough. Aaron would have been able to get it. I couldn't get it. An evangelical association, their website probably looks like ours, saying that they abide, that they are ministers of righteousness, and that they abide in the word of God, except you have to use wisdom. Heresy. Speaking about, you know, the, the vaccines are a gift of God, a gift from God. These are people who believe that you have to be born again. Certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. They'll answer. God doesn't want his people faceless, locked down, and filled with mRNA vaccines that aren't even vaccines. They're simply gene alteration therapies is what they are. Fact. That's the truth. And how these people, how these pastors cannot see that any of this is the precursor for the mark of the beast is beyond me. How are you meeting to discuss vaccinating your churches while ignoring, ignoring immunobands and vaccine passports that are all around you? You're meeting to vaccinate your churches? How do you not see that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name? Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate, know the number of the beast, for it is the number of the man. And that, and that number is 666, Revelation 13, 16 through 18. You're meeting to vaccinate when you see well health safety seals on businesses, immuno bands being strapped on people where you can't buy or sell. Without your immuno band and you're meeting the vaccine, how blind can you be to scripture? They don't know. That's why Jesus comes as a thief in the night. He's not coming as a thief in the night for you. You'll know it. You'll be able to go. The wind is the wind is blowing. You'll know it. You don't know the specific day or the specific hour, but you will know the time. They won't, and they don't. They're meeting to vaccinate their churches while the mark of the beast is at least the skids are being greased for the very mark of the beast. And the very thing they're talking about is the foundation for it. Not being able to go anywhere without your immuno pass your green pass, your vaccine passport. Pastor Rodney was preaching about this this morning. It's coming back and nipping people in the rear end now. You know what's happened in England? This has to do with 5 million people vaccinated in England. 5 million. They can't go anywhere else but England because their vaccine wasn't approved by the European Union. Now what are you going to do? Get vaccinated again and another 5,000 will be dead. Your body does not like gene therapy because God created you in his image. It's already perfect. You don't need Billy Gates. You don't need Tony Fauci. You don't need the World Economic Forum. You don't need the Gates Foundation on vaccinations. You don't need it. If you want to find the devil, how many of you want to be able to identify the devil? You should. Oh, it's very easy. You don't even need to pray. You want to find the devil? Find where the word of God's being removed. The word of, does the, did the church stand on the word of God over the last 16 months? No, it's been removed because the devil's there. It's either the devil or carnality whenever the word's removed. 
Carnality is of man. The devil is of demonic spirits. Wherever the devil is, the word of God will be removed. It's what, what did he do to the word of God? See the cross? That's what he did to the word of God. He didn't know that the word of God was going to raise from the dead and justify you and I. But he got rid of the word of God in his own eyes. Whenever you want to find the devil, all you got to do is look for word of God removal. Back to Luke chapter 8. Those by the wayside, speaking of the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of God. This is the seed that falls on the wayside. The word of God that falls on the wayside. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. That, you can apply that to salvation as far as heaven and hell, or you can apply that to salvation in everyday life. I mean, if you have infirmity, you need to be saved from that infirmity, correct? If you have depression, you need to be saved from that depression, correct? So you do what? You apply the word. The devil will come and take it from you so you can't believe and be saved out of your situation. Christians will go for counseling, which in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I understand that. Proverbs eleven fourteen. I get it. Believe me, I know. But they'll go for counseling instead of the Bible. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. It's sitting right here. Whatever area of your life that you want to address, the answer is here. That's not going to sell a lot of conference tickets. That didn't get me invited to the West Palm Conference on vaccinating your churches. If I was there, it might have gotten violent. I told you I struggle with temper tantrums. I've repented. I plan on never throwing a temper tantrum again. I hope I maintenance that. <laughs> the devil always targets the word. Always targets the word. Everybody with me still? Yeah. Uh, we'll be out of here no later than 115. The devil always targets the word. Religion. Let's talk about religion. Religion always targets the word. Whether you like my favorite, like arc religion or hyper grace religion. It targets the word. All the people that claim to be the most free and the most loving have neither because they've walked away from the word. Well, look how free we are. You know, we don't, we don't tell people, you know, that they're sinning because you don't want to use that sort of terminology because if you do, you'll run them out of the church. So you lie to them to keep them in the building or is the love of money. What, what was the love of money? Who was that written to? First Timothy chapter six, verse 10. It was written by Paul to Timothy, his Fellow pastor, right? For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have what? Erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Could that be their motivation to not preach about sin? Got to keep those offering plates full. They claim to be the most free because they can go off and sin. You're the most in captivity. You claim to be the most loving by obfuscating truth. How are you loving by not telling people the truth? For those of us that have lived in Florida long enough, we remember when the Skyway went down, right? When it got hit by the, by the big freighter ship and knocked out the sky. Remember the Skyway used to be two bridges? Knocked out, I, I can't remember whether it was the southbound or the northbound. But it knocked out one of them, killing lots of people. What would have been more loving? It'd be scary to drive up there and seal over the edge, right? Especially if you're careening over the edge. Do you want to spare those people that fear? Or do you want to tell them before they ever get close that the bridge is out? I'm trying to, I, I'm loving them right now because, you know, if, if I tell them the bridge is out, they're going to be scared all the way up there. But if you don't tell them, they're not going to be scared at all until they're in the air. In your loving, they're devoid of both. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality, and they do it in the name of Jesus. Romans 6, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live at it any longer? 
Evangelical religion is no different than Catholicism. I was raised in Catholicism. Speaking of Lipleys, every Lipley I knew was a Catholic growing up. Tom, you can't badmouth. So I'll badmouth whatever I want. I told you I'm gone. I'm the pariah in my own family. I told you, when I walk into a family gathering, Darth Vader music's playing. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. The crazy ones. The ones who refuse vaccinations and don't wear masks. Darth Vader is that evangelical Turner Burn preacher. Evangelical religion is no different than Catholicism if it's religion. It's no different. Telling lots of people they're going to heaven when they're going to hell, but you sing the same songs we do. And telling people they're going to heaven when they're not. You've never told them to turn from their sin. You've never warned the backslider, the person who's gotten saved and is now living with their girlfriend in fornication. You're not telling them, oh, no, we, you know, we don't want to. We try to keep them in and you know, marinate them, slow roast them, baste them into going to heaven. That's not what you do. You preach the word instantly. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now. Amen. You tell them the bridge is out. Now. I've been on lots of police calls. I remember one out on the interstate where this truck that was full of drywall, semi-truck, tipped over on the interstate, spilling its cargo everywhere, closed down all of 75. And it was foggy. I could not see from me to the Jaegers. Wave your hands. I couldn't see. I'm not kidding you. That's how thick the fog was. And we were out there, 6 o'clock in the morning in Sarasota, Florida, which is what? Rush hour. We're out there in our police cars. It's like a Wednesday. Everybody's going to work. They can't see your blue lights. They can't see anything. But if they get past us, they run into the truck at 80 or 90 miles an hour. So you know what we had to do? Turn on our lights, and we stood out in the road going like this. And my, my, my sergeant told me, Sergeant Steve Burns, he told me, he said, listen, I'm just going to tell you one thing. If they're not stopping, go jump in the ditch. That was my word. There was a bunch of us out there. If we weren't there telling them, yeah, we would have spared them fear for about 500 yards, but they would have lost their life running into that truck at 90 miles an hour. You have to tell people, now, now, in Jesus' name. Otherwise, you're just a Catholic. You're telling people they're saved when they're not. Stop telling your kids that. Stop telling your wife that. Stop telling your husband that. You catch your husband watching things he shouldn't be watching? I've been guilty of it. Tell him. You want to go to hell, honey? You just keep watching porn. Why won't you tell him? I'll broach any subject here. I'm not afraid. Unafraid. I told you, I don't, listen, you need to understand something. I don't need to preach. I want to preach. I don't, I don't, we, we don't do pastor's appreciations days here. I, I don't need everybody's affirmation. You, I've told you this a dozen times before. If this church closes, either God will open me up another one, or I'll just be skiing down a mountain for the rest of my life. So I'm unencumbered. I don't need your money. I don't need nothing. Tom, you get paid from the church. Yeah, but I have a full retirement at the sheriff's office sitting there. Jeff Tomas makes me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't need your money. Isn't that great? There's no motivation here but just to puke out Bible verses. Blah, blah. That's it. Let's look at religious people. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. One o'clock, 15 minutes to go, and we're done. That includes the altar call. We'll be done. <laughs> Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. This is talking about religious people. Telling people they're saved when they're not. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You have people who are trying to go to heaven, and pastors are keeping them out. Because there's too much to lose by speaking the truth. 
Matthew 15, 6. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect through your tradition. So you made the word of God of nothing because of your tradition of telling people they're saved when they're not. Think about the doctrine in these last couple of minutes. Think about the doctrine that doesn't warn people about backsliding. That doesn't warn people that were never saved because they never repented. Do you know that a lot of people that are saying sinners, prayer, sinners prayers allegedly under the guise of fresh starts and new beginnings? Do you go to a church like that? Do you, have you ever gone to a church who phrases conversion as a fresh start or a new beginning? You should have left yesterday. It should be, are you repenting of your sin and turning to God? That's conversion. Now, who's going to follow Jesus today? Fresh starts and new beginnings all around. Well, I'm willing to follow Jesus. What does that mean? Don't worry about it. Do I have to, do I have to turn from my sin? Nah. This is a fresh start and a new beginning. Straight to hell because nobody's telling you anything. That's most churches, by the way. Count yourself blessed that you don't attend a church like that. There's people who are never saved too, right? Let's look at those verses. There's people, I'm not just backslidden, and there's people who think they're saved that aren't. That's in 1 John chapter 3. You want to know about false Christians? Go to 1 John chapter 3. There's both. People are always talking about, you know, you can't backslide. Those are people who are never saved to begin with. No, you have both discussed. I think the Bible can cover both. False Christians and backslidden Christians. The Bible covers both. You've already heard the backsliding verses, and there's many more than what I shared with you. Now, here's the people who are never saved to begin with. 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Whoops. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. I call people out on that. People make the mistake of coming to me for counsel. I wouldn't. I will ask you about your lifestyle first and foremost. People come to me for premarital counseling. Whoops. Don't come here. Don't ask, don't tell. I won't even bother you. I'm going to hug you at the door whether you're a sinner or not. You asked me, then you opened up the door. You poked the bear. I didn't poke myself. Hey, Tom, what do we, you know, we were wanting to get married. Oh, really, you guys living together? Are you having sex? Because I ain't marrying you if you are. And I already know before they get there. 1 John chapter 3, 9 and 10. Tom, this sounds awfully works-based. It's not works-based. Obedience is belief. You need to understand that you need to memorize. You need to memorize. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18. You see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Who will God not let into his rest but to those who did not believe? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Obedience is not works. It's belief. It is the covenant. This is love for God to obey his commands. Everything is predicated on those who love God. And we know that in all things. God will work for the good of those who Love him who are called according to his purpose. This is love for God to obey his commands. Romans 8, 28, 1 John 5, 3. Back to 1 John 3, 9 and 10. People who are never saved. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. That sounds like the same verse. It's not. It's three verses down. Because God's seed remains in him and he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. So those of us who think that our kids are saved that are sneaking around drinking and sleeping with their girlfriend, but they come to church with you, they're not saved. Understand that. It's, well, I'm not, I was taught a totally different version of grace. No, you were taught the devil's version of grace. Devil wants to fool as many people as he can to join him in hell for all of eternity. It's time. This is so ominous. It's not ominous if you just obey the word of God. There's nothing ominous about it. I'm saved. I turn from my sin. Boom. This is how we know, verse 10, 1 John 3, 10. This is how we know who the children of God are. Does anybody want to know? 
Do you, look at me now. Do you want to know who the children of God are? Well, let's look. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. That just does not fit into abundant church and life church and coast church and title church. It's because there's too much to lose for those pastors. They're making lots of money. They get to say they're successful. They get invited to the vaccination conference in West Palm. That same group, by the way, was somewhere local in Florida. And Pastor Rodney walked in on them. He was invited to that one. And they were all sitting there with masks on. Biggest names in Christianity. Yeah. Pastor Rodney walks in. He started publicly mocking them. He doesn't care. Doesn't care. That's what they need. They have too many people telling around, sitting around them, bootlicking them and butt kissing them all day long. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. He can't be an old mean, nasty curmudgeon either. Close with this. Think about the doctrine. Again, I ask you this question. Think about the doctrine that doesn't warn people that have backslidden. How hateful it is. How mean and nasty it is to let them go over the bridge. But you get to call yourself loving the whole time. I didn't scare them. I didn't scare them. Look how loving I am. We all stayed in that same body of believers that all went over the bridge together. Congratulations. Think about it. The doctrine that doesn't warn people about backsliding or that they've backslidden or were never saved. Closing with these verses. Ezekiel chapter 33 and 1 John chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Closing right here. I'll tell you guys on the worship team when they come up. Just a second. Ezekiel 33, 8 and 9. I want you to think about the pastors and I want you to think about yourself. That don't warn people about backsliding falling away and losing their salvation. Don't warn people. Don't warn people that have never been saved. That they want, they want to join their church, but if we tell them what it really means to be saved, then they might leave. They don't do that. They don't want to tell them the truth because they might lose them. The truth has too much consequences. Ezekiel 33, 8 and 9 says, When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, that wicked man will die for his sin, but I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, that wicked man will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. And you don't tell people. You don't tell your own child. You don't tell the people around you. Well, I believe I'm eternally secure. Preach the word to them. You have to, in order to preach it, you need to know it. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Now, I don't mean that. I don't want everybody in here. When you're legitimately saved, don't word Nazi yourself. Am I really? Am I really? You know whether you are. If you turn from your sin in Jesus' name, you're saved, okay? Knock it off. Don't let the devil in. Some of you need to do this. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. What disqualifies you? Finishing right here. 1 John 2, 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That's it. Simple as that. Worship team, make your way. I didn't get to this part today. But I want to leave you with this for you to study on your own when you get home tonight. Wherever the devil is, it's the removal of the word of God. 
And step one is to remove the fear of God. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's the only verse that's preached in the ark church. But what about the other ones? The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Proverbs 15, 3. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. He pondereth all his goings. God judges the righteous. And God is angry at the wicked every day. Psalm 7, 11. You're not wicked if you've turned to the Lord through the grace that came by the cross. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You might be saved, but make sure you're preaching the gospel. Right here. Not your style. God, if you pray, how many of you want the will of God to be fulfilled in your life? Amen. You know what step one's going to be? Here, stand with me. I'll close right here. You know what step one's going to be? We're going to pray over having a great week in just a second. What's step one going to be? It's going to be something that inconveniences you. That's going to be step one. When you say, Lord... Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus prayed, after this manner, therefore pray ye. And you pray that prayer, he's going to say, well, here's your first open door. And it will be inconvenient. When I I started this church, I was night shift supervisor patrol in Sarasota County. I lost every weekend I've ever had for 13 years. It was inconvenient because you know what I like to do? Sleep and eat. (laughs) That's my passions in life. Leaning heavily towards eat. (laughs) And they were gone. It was inconvenient. But I felt the burning fire on the inside of me. You shall start a church. And look at us. Look at us. Look at this. We're not even, this isn't even close to as full as we usually are because everyone's out of town this week. But this church, look what God has done. Amen. And you're the church. We are the church. It's not me. We are the church. I'm nothing without you. You're nothing without me. We're all together, intertwined together as the church. That's it. Amen. He's going to inconvenience you, but pray it anyway. And that's what we're going to do right now. Every hand in the air. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.